0: verse 1, talking of Peter and John. It says, Now as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the, te- the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word, believed, and the number of them, of the men, came to be about 5,000. Tish, last week, sent me a text, and uh, I want to read it to you. I don't know who, who, if it originated with her, or who it originated from, but it says, it says this, because verse 2 said this, being greatly dis- disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So they're, Issue, part of their issue was not just they were saying Jesus, but they were preaching Jesus and the resurrection from the dead. So here's what Tish sent me. Resurrection is superior to life, for life can be defeated and ended, but resurrection overcomes. Life is the power to exist, but resurrection is the power to conquer, conquer all, even death itself. Believers must learn to live in Christ our life, but also Christ our resurrection, to conquer all, <clears throat> to conquer all things. And then it's, uh, it gives reference to Philippians 3.10, and it says this, that I may know him. And that word know is not just have a mental assent. That word know, it means that I might uh, encounter, that I might intimately know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. See, we like the first part of this verse, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Uh, it's the part that we don't like. The koinonia, the partnership. Now, what did Jesus suffer? Did Jesus suffer sickness and disease? No. Some will say Jesus suffered poverty and shame, and I, I, I disagree with that. Jesus didn't suffer poverty because when he needed money, he just said, go fish. Huh? Come on. He didn't suffer poverty. He, didn't, he wasn't dealing with a bunch of poor people. I mean, study, study the word and see the 12 that he chose. And you know what's so amazing? Not one of the 12 that he chose was a religious person. Right. <laughs> I was at the fire department the other day, and the guys, somebody said something. He said, I'm sorry about that. I know you're a religious person. I said, no, I'm not. I said, I used to be a religious person. It messed me up and other people too, and then I got free, and then I began a relationship with Jesus. Ah, Jesus. (laughs) And he was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't sure how to take that. Because religion always makes a mess. And Jesus chose 12. And if you look, he, I didn't say all of them were honest and good people. I said he didn't choose any religious people. He chose a tax collector who had plenty of money. He chose fishermen who had people working for him, which meant that they had plenty of money. Are you with me? Because in that region, that area, if you didn't have people working for you unless you had plenty. Because you were just doing enough to get for you and yours. Are you with me? So the very fact that uh, it says that they left their servants and went and followed Jesus. You just see God uh, choosing these people that he wanted to infuse with his power, right? In Matthew chapter 10, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 says this. This is Jesus sending out the the disciples, and he... Uh, the 12 apostles in the first part, he says, don't go to the Gentiles, verse 5, or the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's that mean? It means the kingdom of heaven is here. It doesn't mean it's coming. It doesn't mean one day we'll have it. It's what it literally means is the kingdom of heaven is here right now. Look at your neighbor and say, right here, right now. Then what did he say? Do what's the next thing he said? Do, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Then what's he say? Freely you received, freely give. Freely you received, freely give. He didn't say, charge an honorarium if you, and if they don't pay it, then don't go. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just saying. He told him, he said, look, this thing is going to cost me my life, but it didn't cost you anything but obedience. And that's a key thing, obedience. You know, uh, and he said, freely receive, freely give. I just, I kept sensing this as we were uh, worshiping, and Kathy came over and just kind of confirmed it. It was was brought last week, the same word was brought forth last week about walls coming down. And, And as I was worshiping, I was just... Pressing into him. And I, I I was just saying, Lord, let your glory fall and just blow the walls out. That freely we receive, freely we will give. Just blow the walls out. And and uh, Kathy came up and said, man, I just really see as we we're worshiping, the walls were just shaking and the Lord's wanting, he's wanting to do more. He's wanting to pour out, but we've got to be willing to let him. So... Immediately, you know, we were singing about, let your name uh, always be on my lips. So this is just, I'm just a little peek inside of my head, all right, (laughs) or my heart. This is kind of what's going on while I'm worshiping. I'm lost in his presence, and then he just starts taking me different places. And one of those is uh, another very familiar passage of Scripture, and that's in uh, Joshua. Because here's what I could see. I could just see, and I'm just telling you from... Testimony of my own life. I could see that there are people in this room today that you're right there on the edge. You're right there at the victory, right there at the breakthrough. The walls still seem to just be sometimes even closing in. And here's what's sad. Here's what we must understand. Most of the time, look at me, most of the time, the walls that close in on us are walls we built, they're not the enemy. Many times the enemy will attack and we'll put up a wall trying to protect ourselves instead of standing behind Jesus, our shield. We'll put up a wall and that wall, and each time there's an attack, we build another wall. So, what we start doing is we build ourselves into a corner. We build ourselves and we think, well, I'm safe in here, but really, what you are is you're shut off from life. And it should be just the opposite. When the enemy comes in, we ought to tear walls down instead of putting walls up. Look right here in Joshua chapter 6. Now, verse 6 says, verse 1 says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. If you will, I'm going to use Jericho as a type of a hurt person. They shut up. None come in, none go out. And you know what? They think they're safe. You know what's that? They're only a shout away from victory. But verse 2 says this, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you will do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people will shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat. There's so many things in this passage. One, he said, uh, right here in the beginning, he said this. He said, you'll march around the city. All you men of war, you'll go around the city once. And this you'll do six days. So he said, six days, you'll march around the city with your men of war, but you won't say anything. That's humbling. You know what? He wanted them to understand that this victory is not going to be by your might. This victory is not by what you can produce. It's based on who you serve. Right? He said, You men of war, Look, men of war aren't, aren't trained to just walk around the city. Can you imagine what was going through their minds? Oh, just let me go. Just, I can climb that wall right there. Just let me in. Just let me in the city. Y'all can march, do your deal, just let me in. Come on. Where's my men? There's got to be a little testosterone in the room. Not, well, just let me march around the wall with all the worshipers and the singers and all the women and children. We just all march together. No, but the Lord was saying, look, this one, I want you to see. You know, I think there's a couple things that were going on. I wanted, I, he wanted them to see the walls and what they look like so that they would know how great the victory was. And he wanted them to know this, that the battle wasn't theirs, it was his. Isn't that what David said when he stood before Goliath? He said, you come with me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. The name will forever be on my lips. I come to you in the name of the Lord, of the God of Israel, with whom I have a covenant. I come to you. You come with a sword and I come with a name. And today, that name will deliver you into my hand. (laughs) He didn't say, you know, wow. David didn't talk about his accomplishments in front of Goliath. He did before Saul. Because Saul wasn't going to let him go. So David said, here's what I've done. The lion and the bear, I killed them both with my hands. So this uncovenant Philistine... God will surely give him. I was just protecting my father's sheep, but this is the father's children. Huh? And if he delivered me because of these few sheep, according to his brothers, then how much more will he deliver that? But when he went to Goliath, he didn't go with his accolades. Do you hear me? See, God doesn't raise us up to send us out to to talk about what we've done. We don't have to build ourselves up to go out. All we've got to do is be willing to go. I'm telling you, we're as close as a shout. We're as close as a shout because shout is a declaration of one greater than me. Back to Acts chapter 4, Peter and uh, John, when they were there before the council, they asked them, you know, how does this man stand here whole? Huh, don't you love that? I mean, they just told him, don't talk anymore about Jesus and the resurrection. Oh yeah, how does this guy stand here whole? I bet John looked at Peter and goes, really? Not the sharpest knife in the drawer, is he? And he began to declare, by the name of Jesus, whom you rejected, is this man standing here before you whole? See, that's, there's only... One name, Jesus, Messiah, Savior, Redeemer. There's no other name, not Buddha, not Allah. There's no other name where we can be born again. There are other religions that people devote their lives to, and they die in vain. But Jesus is that name that's above every name. And he said, at that name, every knee will bow. As I was looking at, at this in, in Jericho and pondering Acts chapter 4 and that name and singing, your name will ever be on our lips. And earlier we sang about the... See, I want you to understand, man. Ah, we don't sing to be singing. We don't sing because we need to fill up an hour. You're, I'm just I'm going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you. We only sing an hour because I walk in grace and mercy. not because I'm seeking it, because I walk in it, because I w- we would still be singing right now. We'd be singing this evening because he is worthy. He is worthy of it all. Amen. And see, a heart of worship is a heart that's not begging God to do something. It's a heart that's declaring what God has done. We don't just sing about what it's going to be one day. We sing about the king who reigns today. and he is worthy of it all. Day and night, night and day. Man, that just wrecks me that right now, you understand, right now, as real as I stand before you, right now, there are angels declaring, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Created for that, but God gave us the free will. To express that love to him. Man. I'm going to tell you. I'm just telling you. If you're looking for me in heaven, I'll be around the throne. I'm not practicing here, I'm worshiping here. So when I get to be there, man, he is the gem of heaven. He is what it's all about. He is the resurrection and the life in him and not apart from him. He is the only one. And as we can get so focused on that, that it's Jesus and that our obedience to him, then we'll get our eyes off of how we perform and just get our eyes on the one who performed well and says, if you'll just freely give, I've freely given you. Right? Why do you think we need to be filled up all the time? It's, it's not, I've said this in the past. It's because we leak. No, it's not because we leak. It's because we pour.
1: Whoa.
0: <laughs> it's because we pour. We should pour. If you find yourself that you're in a place that you don't need to be filled up, and you ought to pull the break up and go, there's a reason that I don't need to be filled up. It's because I haven't been pouring out. Man. Any good? Awesome. This is fun. I got the best job in the whole world because I got the best people to look at every week. This is probably one of the only jobs you can go in and have no idea what you're going to do that day. <laughs> <laughs> Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Just be obedient to him. You know, just be sensitive to what he is saying. It's what he's teaching me more and more. As I learn to know his voice, I don't have to be concerned with all the others. Let me say that again. As we learn to know his voice, we don't have to be concerned about all the others. We don't have See, I'm, I'm convinced of this. I've seen it in the church. The, the charismatic church, if you will, is more concerned many times about being deceived by the devil than they are led by the father. You know why I believe that's true? It's because where their attention is set. Corinthians 3 says, what you behold, you become. We behold him, we're transformed from glory to glory, right? If we're always consumed and concerned about the devil, if we're always doing spiritual warfare, what was spiritual warfare in Joshua? He said, just shut up and walk. Hallelujah. That's a word for somebody right there. (laughs) That just rose up on the inside of me. The Lord said, "You need to go back there. Just put it in reverse. Beep beep beep. Back up. Somebody here today needs to just shut up and walk. Just walk. Amen. Hallelujah." Just shut up and walk. Because in that time of quiet, he's preparing you for your shout. (laughs) Jesus. Wow, that one was for me. Uh, If y'all get that, you're just getting it out of the saucer. Uh, Because there are those times that we feel that we're that were quiet, the Lord said, I'm just preparing you for the shout, you know, in our time of prayer this morning, Bobby shared this, the Lord, he said, man, I feel like I have a word I want to share with the, the the team that prays together in the morning, so I let him share, and basically, what he said is this, as he was coming this morning, he was just asking the Lord, all right, Lord, you know, he said, I wasn't discouraged, I was just asking the Lord, you know, our church, we've been, we're almost five years old, and, uh, our pastor is amazing, and we should have more people. No. <laughs> I took a little bit of liberty with that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He just said, you know, Lord, I don't understand why we haven't just already exploded and busted. And he said, they, he was listening to Andrew, and the illustration he gave was about a Chinese bamboo, one particular type of plant. He said, in the first year, it'll, just, it'll grow about a foot above the ground, and then for four years, you don't see it. It stops. It just stays about that big. But for four years, it's growing the roots down. And they just get deeper and wider and deeper and wider. And he said, then in the fifth year, it shoots up 18 feet. And I said, I began to share with him. This, he was sharing that with me, and I haven't talked to him yet at this point. And I said, you know what's amazing? I just shared with some of our leaders the other week uh, that we'll be five years old uh, this April. This is, this is March. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's coming quick. it will be five. And I said, for four years, we were in Gibsonville, but really had no footprint in Gibsonville. We were right there on Main Street in the little theater. But no one in Gibsonville knew who we were, and we didn't really know who anybody in Gibsonville was. Just being totally honest. That was just who we, what was going on with us. And I'm not saying that it, was in, it wasn't spiritual. It wasn't intentional. It was just Do you understand? I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this. This is just the fact. Four years, nobody knew us, and we didn't know anybody. But since we've been here uh, about 10 months, we've seen, uh, we've done outreaches in the, uh, our Go ministry goes out into Gibsonville, but we've done outreaches at the depot. We've sung down there and just had the presence of the Lord come In a mighty way and visit there, we've helped with the Christmas parade. We've helped with the fall festival. As a matter of fact, we partnered with uh, Christian Life Assembly. And once we ran one whole section of the the fall festival that they said they would have had to shut down if we hadn't volunteered. The Christmas parade. When we helped with the Christmas parade, they said, we've never had anybody do this for us. Huh? Come on. Now... Uh, I can walk in a room with the leaders in Gibsonville, and they know who I am, and I know who they are. And one of the things the Lord has shown me is this. You don't have to be the biggest church in town to have the most impact. You just got to be willing to serve. So many wanting to go high, and the Lord said, if you'll do what I did, if you'll go low, I'll lift you up. What did Jesus do? What did he do when they were there? They walked in the house, and no one wiped their feet or anything like that. At the Last Supper, Jesus, it says, he, gird, he took off his robe, and he girded himself, and he went and he washed the disciples' feet. He served them, right? He served them. I'm telling you, the way up is down. It sounds backwards, but it's true. And as we submit ourselves and serve, not for an agenda, not to get our way. I believe, you know, there's a lot of great teaching out there. It's come from uh, uh, Lauren, Lauren Cunningham and, uh, I forget the other one, the Seven Mountains. Lance now is the one who's really teaching about it a lot now, but you hear it a lot about the Seven Mountains of Influence, and it talks about politics and business and all this that we're supposed to go in. I believe in that, but I don't believe that we always have to be at the top. Right. A little bit of leaven. Leaven the whole lump. You can go and go low, and God can give you, just like He did that slave boy, He can become the second man in command in all of Egypt. Joseph. He went low, and God raised him high. But for that to work, there has to be a going. Are you with me? There has to be that part. I'm I'm convinced Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. The most important thing that we have to give is Jesus. It's salvation. Because there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. It's not the church name, it's not the denomination, it's Jesus. That's the good news that we have that we can go out, that we're not peddling religion, we're offering a relationship. And that's not just a cute catchphrase, but the, 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 what I've seen that's missing is we know it's not religion. We know it's a relationship, but to get people out of religion and out of nothing into relationship, there's gotta be someone in the middle that'll go. I'm not talking about we have to be the, the intercessor. We have to go, be the go-between. No, Jesus is our intercessor. What I'm saying is, is we've got to be the body because the last time I checked, to reach people, you need a body. Why do you think the demonic realm is always looking for something or someone to possess? Because God created in this world that it took a body to rule. That Adam and Eve were created to rule this earth in a body. And because they gave that right away, the enemy's looking for a body. But you know what's awesome? God is too. (laughs) And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Bobby, come down. I don't want you to share the testimony I shared because you won't do it as good as I did. But I want you to share the other one. I, I love you. I'm just kidding. If that offended you, you needed to be set free. I'm just that spiritual. I'm just kidding. The share about the uh, being in the restaurant.
1: Okay. I just want to preface that by, first of all, saying... Um, What you just shared about uh, we need a body really speaks to what I feel like even in prayer today that the Lord said, and that was that uh, He very much desires. This is for somebody here, but it's also for everybody here. He very much desires to show you His abilities. Amen. But what He's looking for is your availability. Amen. So my challenge to you as it is to me today is are you available? What does that look like for you? Because without your availability, his ability is unavailable. It's not. Nothing's going to happen without you. That's how he preordained things to work. And I say that as a preface to this. This week I had the opportunity. I was having lunch over at Jack's Barbecue in Gibsonville. Most of you know where that's at. Not just follow Bobby one day during
0: the week. You'll find it.
1: You will. The Lord's given me the opportunity on many occasions to get to know the owners there. And Kathy and Jackie are the sons of Jack, who was the original owner. Daughters. Yeah, they're daughters. And um, through relationship, I've had the opportunity to share more than just common conversation. But this week, the younger of the two daughters, Jackie stopped me on the way out the door, and she slipped me a piece of paper. And I went out to my truck, and I pulled it out of my pocket, and I looked, and it said... uh, something to the effect of uh, pray for my ex-husband. I can't remember his name now. I think it was Russ. But I said, please pray for him. He's been diagnosed with cancer. And in that moment, I just folded it back up, and I went back in, and I said, come here a minute. I said, I just want you to understand, I already know the answer to this. What you see is what you get. I'm not Superman. I put on my pants one leg at a time in the morning. Okay? I breathe air just like you do. But I got a passion and a desire in my spirit that's burning to be something for Him that I am not capable of in my own self. Amen. You cannot sit in this church week in and week out and hear the preaching that we're getting and not be challenged to go out there and do something Amen. with it. If there's something alive in you, it's gonna crawl out of you. Okay? I shared that to say this. I went back in with it in an instant. I spoke to her and I said, I already know the answer to this. I wasn't being arrogant. I wasn't being cocky. I was being assured of what I knew in my spirit. And that is that the word of God says that by his stripes, we were healed. Amen. I stood on that word and I told her, I simply said this. I said, I already know the answer. She looked at me in astonishment and she said, you do. (laughs) I said, yes, I do. That's all I said. I walked out. I went back to the car. I sat there for a minute. And I said, Lord, what do I do with this? And he said, you need to exercise the authority I've given you in this situation. All I had was a piece of paper with a name on it. And I began to pray. And I just said, Lord, I know that you know this person. And I called his name. And I said, Cancer, I speak to you in the name of Jesus. Because you understand sickness has a name.
0: That's right.
1: Poverty has a name. Yeah. And I spoke to that cantor and I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you and I bind you. And I prayed in the Holy Ghost and I said a few other things and I took a few minutes and I sat there. It seemed like 10 minutes. It was probably a minute. <laughs> and I just said, Lord, I commit it to you. I thank you that it's done in the name of Jesus. Amen. I took the piece of paper and put it in my pocket and I went about my business. I didn't give any extra thought to it the rest of the week. It never came to mind again. I didn't go home and... Crawl in my closet and pray and anoint it with oil. I didn't do any of that stuff. I exercised the authority that I knew I had in Jesus, and I left it at that. I went back yesterday to have lunch. I worked at a church yesterday in Greensboro, and it gave me the opportunity to come back by. through. And Jack's usually closes about 3 o'clock, and I said, man, I hope I make it. It was convenient to go through for no other reason than I was hungry. I walked in the door and I sat at the counter and Kathy, the older sister, about broke her leg trying to get from her hot dog to where I was at to say, I've got to tell you something. When you spoke to Jackie the other day, she came to me as soon as you left and said, I don't understand, but you should have saw the way he said to me. I already know the answer. And she said it so influenced her that she stopped what she was doing and came and told me She said, "I have to tell you." Two days later, he went to the doctor for the report on that cancer, and they said there is absolutely no cancer (laughs) in your body. They're gonna send him for testing because there's some shadows and things. And you know what? I said, "Lord, I I celebrate." And her and I both, right there at the counter, I said, "You know what? I'll shout for the for when Carolina beats State (laughs) by one point. (laughs) I'll shout." Okay, Sorry, I'll holler, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I said, Kathy, let's celebrate what God's done. And her and I both sat there and said, praise the Lord as loud as we could in the restaurant. And it got real quiet. <laughs> but you know what? I didn't care Yeah. because I meant that. We'll celebrate the things in this world, but you know what? It's time that we're willing to stand up and celebrate what he's doing in us.
0: Amen.
1: So I Amen. give him the glory and the credit Amen. for that. So that's why I said, are you willing
0: to be available? Amen. Amen. You know, that's... uh, And Bobby, when he was telling me about it, he said, man, I'm just going to tell you. He said, that came out before I had time to think about it. And I said, that's the spirit of faith. I said, that's the gift of faith that rose up on the inside of you that you didn't have time to, you know, reason the situation and go, wow, should I say this? The gift of faith just rose up, and you made a declaration that caused faith on the inside of her. It brought hope on the inside of her. And uh, and again... God gets the glory. Amen. Can y'all handle another one? Yes. Absolutely. Thank you, Emily. Mark, come up here. He's looking at me like, really? Wow. Amen. Wow.
2: (laughs) Uh, My son moved to uh, Wilmington probably about a year ago. And... He actually went for a person there. He went to work for a person there that the guy came in first thing in the morning and prayed and read songs. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Amen. My son's just so blessed to, to work with this guy. Well, my son called. He sent me a text uh, the other day, and he said, Dad, I want you to do something for me, but I want to ask you if you'll do it first. And I said, okay, what is it? And he said, this man that I work for, he says his wife's got cancer. Is it all right if I ask her if you can call her and talk to her? (laughs) I said, Sure. And he said, Well, I just wanted to ask you first. I "I didn't want to throw it on you. So I said, Okay. So he sent me a text and gave me a number. He talks to her. Uh, It it was just amazing that he would just even ask. Yeah. So I had an opportunity and I was looking forward to it. So I was actually going to go the next day. I took off. half a day at work to go hunting that afternoon. <laughs> so I decided I was going to call her. Uh, went upstairs, and first of all, I just I just thanked her. I said, y'all are so blessed, my son. Thank you for for yeah. coming and, and sharing the word with him before work. And she just said, well, thank you. It's, it's good that, that people notice. And I, so I just asked her what her story was, and she told me and it's funny, people who have cancer-induced things, they, they can tell you the name of every drug. Yeah. They can tell you the exact name of the cancer. I mean, she, she went on and on. And she has been through a lot. So I, asked, I just plain asked her, I said, do you believe in divine healing? She said, yes. She said, I've been divinely healed. So she tells me, and she ha- happens to be in a church that believes in healing. So she Again, she goes on with some things that have happened. And I'm, I'm just listening. And she actually tells me, she says, Well, you know, now I'm able to get around, but I have a walker. And I have to use a walker to get around. So after she finished, I just, I had the chance to actually minister to her and ask her some questions and tell her some things that I believed and all. And then I just asked her, I said, Can I pray for you? She said, Sure. I would, I would love for you to pray for me. So I say I prayed for her, but I didn't pray for her. I just commanded all kinds of stuff. I commanded all the stuff that she had told me. I just commanded it to leave in the name of Jesus. And she just accepted it so well, and she was praising the whole time we were praying. Uh, so at the end, I just told her, I said, uh, I know you told me the only way you can get around is with this walker. I said, just get up and walk. <laughs> Heard her struggle a little bit. I just commanded pain to go away. Amen. In the name of Jesus, go away. She gets up. All of a sudden, she just starts praising God. I can hear her just praising, just praising. She said, I'm walking around my house just praising the <laughs> Lord. Amen. Wow. What an, what an opportunity, like, like Bobby said. And the only other one, I, one thing I want to share is um, one thing that I had heard the week before that really impressed upon me and I shared with her is you know, when we get our salvation, we believe and we receive, right? We believe that Jesus is the Lord and Savior, and we receive it through what? Through faith. But healing is the same way. Yeah. <laughs> the atonement was done for healing, too. All you have to do is. Believe and receive it. It's already been done. It's a gift. So if you can believe in your salvation, you can believe in your healing. Amen. Just receive it. Amen. That's for somebody today, too.
0: Amen, it is. Amen. Somebody getting good stuff today. I don't know who that somebody is, but that somebody been referenced several times already today. So somebody's getting it. I hope they do in a good kind of a way. 1 John 5.4 says this, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. What did Mark just say? He said, We believe by faith. We receive by faith. It's not a work that we do. It's, a, it's receiving. It's literally what I shared, you know, when we believe into him. In the email I sent out this week, I shared John chapter 1. It says that, For as many as believe into him, He gives the right for them to become the children of God. Wow. Man, that's just awesome. See, and that's, um, we have to understand what God has invested in us. Are you tracking with me? What I mean by that is, we, we can't just see ourselves as just an old sinner that got saved. We've got to see ourselves as children of God that are infused with the ability of God. I mean, if you didn't read my email this week, go back and read it because it'll bless you. But (laughs) I'm just kidding. kidding. It'll be good. I promise it is. It blessed me. But in there, it talks about where he says he's given us the right to become children. The word right there, it literally means the ability. It literally means authority. He's given us authority. Inside of that word, authority, is the word is the verb that means the law. By law, we have a right. So it's not just something, what I want you to understand, it's not something we have to try to attain to. It's something that's already been presented. It's already ours, and as we walk in that and don't allow our hearts to be offended at things when they don't go the way that we want them to. Are you hearing me? That we stay and we understand that He's good and He's good all the time, and that He is just looking for opportunities to pour His love out.
2: Give me Jesus